Good morning, Game Changers, and welcome to Life Church X Online. We're so glad that you're tuning in with us today. I want to invite you to do me a favor, and for just a quick second, could you type in the city and state that you're watching from, just the location that you're tuning in with us? We've got folks that have been joining us for the last number of weeks from all over the state, the region, and the country. It's always exciting to see. And I would say that no matter where you're at right now, what city you're in, what place you're in, you would probably agree with me that our cities are all hurting presently at this time. And our country, our cities, they need our prayers. I want to invite you through this week to join us at Life Church X and just set aside a little bit of time each day to pray for our nation. If you're willing to join us with that, if you will stand in agreement with us for prayer over our country, would you just show us a little hands praying emoji, maybe an American flag right now? And I, I want to encourage you not to underestimate the power of prayer, especially corporate prayer. When a body of believers are gathered together in unity around a particular thing, praying together for that thing. The psalmist tells us, David says, that God sends help from his sanctuary. That's powerful, isn't it? That God is dispatching angel armies from his heavenly abode. And I know that whenever I pray, I may not see in the natural what's going on, but my faith tells me that in the spirit that God's armies are colliding with the evil forces of hell. All hell is breaking loose, literally, and powers of darkness are being pushed back from God's people and his land. So this is something that I just feel like is so important for all of us to continue steadfast in during these perilous times. So if you're joining us for the very first time, welcome And if you've been with us for the last number of weeks, you know that we are in the middle of a message series called The Holy Spirit, Do You Know Him? And we're going to be wrapping up that series today with part four. And I've said several times through this period of weeks that my goal has been to help us to get to know the Holy Spirit on a deeper and more intimate level possibly than we ever have before. But I want to challenge you with this, that deepening your relationship with the Holy Spirit is about a lot more than just doing this for a four-week message series. Frankly, it's about a journey that will continue over our lifetime, getting to know Him more and more, never truly being able to fully sound the depths of God. I liken this to the relationship that I have with my wife. I'll explain. I've said this to her, and I've said this to many people publicly, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We've been married for 16 years now, going on 17 years, and I can honestly say that I love my wife more today than I ever have before, and I feel like I've been able to say that every single year throughout our marriage. The reason is, is that our love continues to deepen and our relationship continues to deepen. And I feel like our relationship with the Holy Spirit is like that. It must be something we pursue and we invest in. But as we continue down that journey, it just gets better and better and better over time. So today's title of this message series, Holy Spirit, Do You Know Him? Part four is a best friend, a best friend. 
Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just invite you to speak to us, God. Help these messages to just continue to resonate in our heart in the weeks and months and years ahead. Bring revelation, God, that it helps us to see how we can know you more and more in a deeper way. And I pray, God, that you would just speak through me and use me as your instrument. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I just want to say this starting right out here, that the Holy Spirit, a best friend, he really is my best friend. And I'm just so proud of the Holy Spirit and the relationship that I have with him. I feel like this is a time in the church right now in our land where we need power and we need the Spirit of God being released and moving across our cities like never before. And it's a time for God's people and for the church to really stand up and, and be proud of and contend for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you're proud of your relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you're proud to say that you know him and that you're associated with him, you have a deep friendship with him, would you show me a fist bump emoji, maybe a muscle emoji? Just let us know. Man, I, I'm ready to shout it from the rooftops. I love the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. I think we need more people in more churches speaking like that and sharing like that right now today. A powerless church is an ineffective church, but God's church with the Holy Spirit moving is a powerful, swift, transformational organization here on earth as God wills in heaven. Man, that gets me fired up today to think about that stuff. But the reality is this person of God, the Holy Spirit, we know the Bible tells us that he can be quenched and he can be grieved. That's because he is a person, not an it, and we have a relationship with him. And so he can be quenched and he can be grieved. We know that when we fall into sin or when we walk in a way that's sinful against God's will for our life, that that can grieve the Holy Spirit. But when we are ashamed or embarrassed of our relationship with the Holy Spirit because we're concerned of what other people might think about him or what they might feel about our relationship with him, can I tell you something? I fully believe with all my heart that that grieves the Holy Spirit as well. And when the Holy Spirit is grieved or quenched in our lives, it stifles or limits the fullness of the power that can be expressed or manifested through us by the Holy Spirit. Man, that's really some challenging stuff to think about, isn't it? So this relationship with the Holy Spirit, who's our best friend, is something that I want to encourage you, I want to continue to challenge myself with to go deeper and deeper in all the days ahead that I'm on this earth. I think about how, you know, through the Bible, God has always revealed himself as our friend. He's revealed himself as many things, but being a friend to us is one of the things that he has revealed of his nature, his character towards us. We go all the way back to the book of Exodus, and we see that when God met with Moses on the mountain and in the cloud, it says that he spoke to him face to face as a friend does to a friend. There was a, a special kind of relationship there. When Jesus walked the earth, he said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but now I call you my friends. 
Isn't that awesome? And the Holy Spirit is here now in our lives. Those of us who have given our heart to Christ and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, he's here ready, desiring to build that close relationship of friendship with us as we walk with him. But it must be cultivated. You see, the Holy Spirit, he's so much more than a theology or a a category of doctrine. Frankly, he's the author of all doctrine. The Bible tells us that all of the prophets were inspired by the Holy Spirit when they spoke, and we know that all Scripture, all of the Word of God is given by inspiration of God, which means God breathed, which means it was His Spirit that was literally authoring And those who wrote and recorded were simply writing down what God was leading them to write down. So the Holy Spirit truly is the author of all Scripture. He's more than a doctrine or a theological point. He is the person of God that wants to become closer than a brother to us in our lives. He can be simply an acquaintance if we pursue him that way. Think about this with me for a moment. We all have really, really close friends, but we also have a lot of acquaintances. Think about the differences in the dynamics of those relationships with acquaintances versus close friends. I have found that the Holy Spirit can really just be sort of a casual acquaintance for many people in the church if that's the way we pursue it, or he can truly become our very best friend. The Holy Spirit helps us with so many things in our walk with Christ and in our walk here on this earth. Listen to some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. And mind you, this is not an exhaustive list. These are just some of the things that he does in and through us in our lives. The Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us. That's powerful. He's actually the one that drops the veil down over our eyes to help us see Christ for who he is, our loving Lord and Savior. 1 Corinthians tells us that no one can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. So he reveals Christ to us. He brings life in our spirit. The Apostle Paul says that we are made alive by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit seals us. After we've been filled with him, he seals us as a child of God and marks us for the final day of redemption. He convicts us of sin as we walk with him. He's that inward witness that leads us and convicts us when we have that tender heart towards sin and away from those things and towards the will of God in our lives. He guides us into all truth, and he empowers us for all things. Man, this Holy Spirit is sounding like a pretty amazing dude, isn't he? He's sounding like somebody you need to get to know, and I need to get to know better and better every single day. We want to be close friends with this Holy Spirit if this is the kind of relationship that we can expect to have as we get to know him. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit continues to bear fruit or fruitfulness in our lives. Let's read in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit, that's the capital S, so it's the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, meaning these fruits come from Him. 
They are love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, these things are attainable at a level that they could never be reached in our lives only when the Holy Spirit is actually bearing this fruit through us. He produces this fruit naturally as we walk closely with him. It's like our lives become a garden rich and full of healthy fruit all around us just as a result of walking closely with the Holy Spirit. That's pretty fantastic, isn't it? How about a thumbs up or another fist bump on that one, guys? You know, another thing that the Holy Spirit does is that he brings gifts to us in our lives. Gifts, once again, that are able to be attained and reached at a level with him that we could never attain or reach without him. He's the empowerer of these things. Let's read in the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Paul says this, I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching... He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So these gifts, this list of gifts, are things that God says the Holy Spirit wants to give and empower in and through our lives. But a couple of things that I just want to draw your attention to in these verses about these gifts is, number one, it says that we have to maintain a spirit of humility if these gifts are going to flow. You see, it's the power of God moving in our lives. It's not our own strength that brings these gifts into power and activation. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. That's a good reminder for all of us every single day, really. Also, he says that these gifts will differ, meaning there's a uniqueness to them in the way that they're distributed amongst members in the body. Man, that's an exciting thing because God distributes gifts to each of us that we would function in to make a considerable contribution in his kingdom and in the body of Christ. You see, these gifts are meant to serve the larger vision, not just serve ourselves. They're meant to serve God and to serve his people as we take our place in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? Think about some of these gifts for a second. He talks about ministry or serving. He talks about giving with liberality. Well, we know we are all called as Christians to do those things to be merciful, to serve others, to give. You know, we're all called to do that. But he says that some 
of us have gifts that are specific in these areas where we function in a different kind of way in these things so that God can use us very specifically in the world to make a very unique impact for him and advance the kingdom, each of us through a unique expression of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in us. Isn't that awesome stuff? It serves God and it serves his kingdom. Let me read you some other gifts that the Bible talks about. There's many gifts that are spoken of throughout the Bible, and they're recognized as gifts associated with the Spirit or Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, which they are empowered by Him, which means they require faith. We must believe that He's in us and working through us, pray for them and desire them and pursue them in order for that power to be activated and those gifts to flow. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. He says, once again, there are diversities of gifts, right? So that's awesome because we are all gifted differently and uniquely. You're not the same as me. I'm not the same as you. Look at your neighbor right now, wherever you're at, whatever room you're in, and say, you're gifted. Say, you're gifted, man. We've all got gifts from God. It's a matter of whether they're going to be activated and empowered at the level God wants them to be in our lives. That's really the question. And the neat thing is, is that when we recognize there's a uniqueness to us, then that should really take away the tendency by people to compare themselves with other people or be jealous of what other people might have. If God has gifted them a certain way that he hasn't you, that's a beautiful expression of what God has chosen to do, but you are gifted exactly the way that your creator has meant for you to be. So we shouldn't compare. We shouldn't be jealous of other people. We should celebrate those uniquenesses and those differences. Man, what a time to be thinking about that and talking about that with all of the turmoil in our nation going on around racism and injustice and all these other things that we could step back and just look at Scripture and say, we are all made uniquely by God exactly the way that he intended us to. And when we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and he's moving through us, then the beautiful expression of God's will and plan for our lives is revealed to the rest of the world. Hallelujah. Man, that just gets me fired up today right now. I don't know if it does you. How about a, a little fire emoji? You know what those things are? I like to use that fire symbol when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I didn't get more than two verses into that. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. You see that there? For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. So now we're going to go through, he's going to list off nine gifts here in this particular list that are spiritual gifts. The first one he says is that it's a gift of wisdom. To another is the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Again, we know we all have a measure of faith, but he's talking about a spiritual gift of faith now that is endowed to many of us in moments and times in our lives where that gift is needed in an in a extra measure kind of way in our lives. He says, to another, gifts of healings. Praise God that he still heals today to the, from the same spirit. To another, a working of miracles. To another, prophecy. 
to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all things. So it's the same Holy Spirit empowering all these different gifts in all of our different lives. You get that, right? But listen to this last point. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. So God has a plan for these. God has a plan for how these gifts are distributed and allocated in our lives. Our heart really should be to desire spiritual gifts, but to seek the giver of the gifts and to yield our will to his will because it's more about the Holy Spirit and the relationship with him. The flow of gifts is really just an outworking of that true, deep, intimate relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. I hope you can understand that. I think sometimes people can get a little backwards on this and they can become so zealous for gifts that they're really pursuing gifts more than the giver of the gifts. It's a subtle adjustment that's easy to make, but we just have to stay centered around the fact that Jesus is the way, and our relationship with him, the Holy Spirit in us, is really what is going to fuel and empower any of these gifts that God wants to give. And can I tell you something? There's a different variety of gifts and expression of these gifts I've seen that happens over different seasons in our lives. I've seen different gifts flow more abundantly in my life at different seasons, and I look back and think, that was exactly the gift that I needed to be in operation at that particular point in time, seeing that many times in other people's lives as well. But you know, there are a lot of people today who would say that these gifts of the Spirit were something that were for that time in the Bible, for those apostles, but that those gifts just ended during that period. That is a, a point or a, a theology or a theory on this. I would just say that for me and at Life Church X, we very much believe that the gifts of the Spirit are alive and operable and active today. In fact, I would say it like this. They are dr- desperately needed in God's church today to bring the kind of change and transformation we want to see so that the church continues to rise up and get strong and prepared for the return of our Lord. So the gifts are very much alive and active from our perspective, and we need those and we pursue those. And so another one of these gifts that I just want to draw your attention to, I'm not, I don't want to have time to go through and teach on every single gift today, but I want to draw your attention to one gift, which is the gift of tongues. It's probably the most controversial of all of these. Um, and in some cases, this is what's interesting, is that there are people who are very much embracing of all of the gifts of the Spirit except for this particular gift. I actually have a harder time with that theology than I do with someone who just just says that none of the gifts are active and operative. You know, at least it seems consistent with that view. But some people feel like all of the gifts are acceptable and embraced, but the gift of tongues is one that they like to set aside and say, no, that gift is not for this time. I feel like that's very incongruent with Scripture and with theology. 
But I want to share just a few things with you about this particular gift because I feel that it's one that many people are very afraid of or just estranged to or even in the church just don't have a lot of education about or understanding about. And uh, the gift of tongues is also something that we refer to or uh, say even in Scripture as praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit or having a prayer language, all right? That's all different ways to say praying in tongues. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, he says, I speak with the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. So again, if you embrace the theology that these gifts are still alive and functioning in the church today, then you kind of have to go down this track with me and say, well, this script, these scriptures really support the idea that this gift is a functioning gift and an important gift, right? So Paul says, I pray with the tongues of men and with the tongues of angels. He's saying, I, I have a heavenly prayer language, a spiritual prayer language, and I pray in my natural language as well. He also says in the scriptures that, the, that we should not forbid people to speak in tongues, so if we maybe don't understand it or fully know uh, the depths of that, let's just recognize, according to Scripture, that we are overstepping bounds if we are forbidding someone to speak in a prayer language. Yet at the same time, we have to look at all of Paul's teachings around this subject in order to have good theology, okay? He says that there's a proper function of this gift in a corporate setting in the church, and there's an improper function of this gift. He says, look, if you've got a bunch of unbelievers around, then what is the point in praying in tongues just haphazardly in a way where no one has any understanding. Paul says, I would rather pray one word in a way you understand than all kinds of words in a prayer language that you don't understand because that doesn't edify anybody. And I believe fully that that is the way that this gift should function in the church. And sometimes we need to kind of rein things in a little bit and remind people, hey, according to Scripture, there's a way that this gift is supposed to function. And many times, even the things of God, we have to recognize the truth in Scripture in order to function in a way that's the most powerful and accurate the way that God intends for it to. There's a corporate and personal uh, application of prayer language or the gift of tongues. Let me explain. In a corporate setting, someone might receive a gift in a different language that they would share but when that happens, it's necessary, according to Scripture, again, 1 Corinthians, it is necessary in that point that there would be an interpreter of that particular word of uh, the prayer language. I've seen that before with my own eyes. I've seen in services where someone has been led by the Spirit of God to give a word in an unknown tongue, and then someone else will come up and actually, like an interpreter would, say what the, what the message was that had just been spoken. I'm telling you right now, when you see it with your own eyes, you'll never think the same way again about this stuff. It was powerful, and whenever that person interpreted, it witnessed to my spirit, and it began to edify me right there in that moment. But there's also a personal application with the gift of tongues. The uh, writer Jude, which was Jesus' half-brother, Okay, the book of Jude, right before Revelation, you can read this. It's just one chapter. He says that we should build ourselves up in our most holy faith 
praying in the Holy Spirit. So when we pray in a prayer language that God's Holy Spirit has gifted us with, when we pray in that prayer language, we are literally edifying, building up, strengthening our spirit man. You remember in, I believe, the book of Ephesians, Paul says, I pray that you would all be strengthened in your inner man. Right When we pray in the Spirit, this is one of the ways that we build the strength of our spirit man and build it up. There are other ways, but this is certainly one of the ways, which I believe is why the Apostle Paul also said about the gift of tongues, I wish you all spoke in tongues. That was a desire that he had because he understood how significant it was to his spiritual growth and his spiritual maturity. I feel the same way. I feel just like Paul says, I wish everyone did. Because I know how much it's meant for me in my own life. I pray in the Spirit every single day. I was just praying in the Spirit before I came out to preach this message. Because I continue to feel the empowering from God's Spirit in my life that builds me up when I do. And I'm so thankful that I asked Him for that gift nearly 20 years ago. I've never been the same since then. It's just like the book of Romans says in chapter 8. It says that we, we really don't know how to pray as we ought to. Have you ever sat down to pray and you feel like you just continue to pray and you just, man, the list could just go on forever. You could never pray for everything in a sitting that you really want to pray for or feel like you need to. i, I got to be speaking to somebody out there today. I've been at that point so many times. But this is what Romans 8 says. It says, we don't know how to pray as we ought to, but the Holy Spirit in us makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be understood. So here's what happens. If I can attempt to explain this miraculous kind of event in in a way that makes sense, the Holy Spirit, when we're praying in a prayer language, The Holy Spirit is interceding in and through us, and we have faith that he is wanting to express that prayer language, and so we yield our will to his and have faith to release that out, right, to let loose our tongue, and then the Holy Spirit begins to pray with things that we can't understand. But just like it says that you don't know what you should pray for as you ought to, when we pray in the Spirit, it's like bullseye every time, hitting the mark in the throne room of God, the things that the Father is willing for us to pray for. The only way I can explain it is that when you walk away from a moment of praying in the Spirit and you've fully let that out, you walk away feeling like you have accomplished significant purpose according to God's will. You feel fulfilled and accomplished in that moment of prayer And you know that something is happening in the spirit realm. But many times you're unaware of the fullness or uh, the understanding of what is really all going on in that time. But I can say with great certainty to you, whether you embrace this or not, for me, that this has been one of the greatest contributors to the spiritual growth and maturation in my life over the last 20 years. I am so grateful for that gift, but more importantly, I am grateful for the giver of the gift, the Holy Spirit, who's my best friend. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm proud of him. And if if we're really proud of the Holy Spirit, this is what I would close with saying today. 
then we would want everything he has to offer. We would want everything that he has to give. Not just a little dose of him, not just enough to the point that we are comfortable with it, but enough of the Holy Spirit that's literally all of him and everything that he wants to do so that we can grow as close in our friendship and our relationship as we possibly can all the days that we're walking here on this earth. We're all in preparation mode for eternity. We are all being built up in our spirit on a regular basis if we are walking with God and we are moving towards perfection and eternity. And when we get to heaven, all things will be revealed for what they are. The things that we have mild understanding of in this world that as Paul says we look through a glass dimly and see it's just like vapor we will begin to see the clarity when we get to the other side I want to be able to look back and say I went after everything that the Holy Spirit had for me I pursued everything that he wanted to give me I didn't walk it out perfectly I certainly made many mistakes but let me be found on my day of appearing before the Lord that in my heart, I was always in a place where I wanted everything that the Holy Spirit had to give. As we conclude this series today, the Holy Spirit, do you know him? I want to invite you to receive him in a deeper and more meaningful way than ever before and to make a point in your life to pursue and invest and cultivating a deeper relationship with him all of the days that you have left. If you're listening to this message today and you say, Pastor, I want the Holy Spirit. Listen, let me say this. It all begins with Jesus. It all begins with the cross. When we give our heart to Christ and say, Lord, I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins so that I could be forgiven. I turn from my old life and I turn entirely to you. I want to live for you and for you alone, God. When we truly mean business with God like that and the Holy Spirit reveals for us that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, then God sends his Holy Spirit to infill us. We are born again, made alive by the Spirit on the inside. We were spiritually dead before that, and we are spiritually alive and will be for all of eternity after that. Spiritual death is eternal separation from God after we leave this earth. Spiritual life is eternity in his presence in heaven after this one. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings that life to us here, and then he continues to lead us towards the eternity on the other side. But there's also what we believe here at Life Church X to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is another occurrence or an event where God pours his Holy Spirit out over us and we are literally immersed in that fire of the Holy Spirit and endued with power from on high, much like we spoke about last week. For many people, these can happen in two different events. For some, it can happen all at one time if they've never been born again. 
You can receive everything in this very moment that the Holy Spirit has to give if you want to. But wherever you're at in whatever situation you're in, or maybe even another where you say, Pastor, I have walked with God in my past. I have walked with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, but I turned away from him by my own will at some point down the road, and I don't even know how I got to where I am right now, but I've got to get back to walking with him once more. I've got to get back to that closeness and intimacy. I've got great news for you today. God's not a God that's going to make you earn something like you're trying to work your way up a stairway to him before you meet him at the top. God says that he will meet us where we are in our moment of repentance. If your heart is ready to come back to the Lord today, just like the prodigal son, the father is coming running to you to meet you where you are. You don't have to earn your way back to him. Wherever you're at in any of those situations, can we just pray as we close today and finish up this series and we move forward to pursue a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask you to move right now today, God, powerfully in every single person's life. Those who are asking you, God, to be their Lord and Savior, giving their heart to you, turning from their old ways. I pray, God, that you would just wrap your loving arms around them and help them feel the warmth of your embrace and your forgiveness. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, God, now as they become alive in Christ. I pray for those who are ready for a baptism in your fire, God, as they cry out to you and as they call upon you right now in these moments, that you would pour down your Holy Spirit, God, over them like rain and just immerse them in a baptism of fire, that they would be endued with power, that they would be endued with gifts, God, that would begin to flow and operate in their life, empowered by the Holy Spirit in greater levels every single day. And I pray for those who are returning to you, God, that you would just help them to see that you are receiving them right back into your arms, Lord, and that you are forgiving them and blotting out any sin or any error that they've committed, God, and you are making them white as snow, forgiving their sin as far as the east is from the west. Help them to feel the great joy, happiness, peace, and fulfillment that comes from knowing we are in the family of God, and we have taken our place in the body of Christ. May they become productive members of the body, and may they continue to use their gifts to edify those in the church and continue to advance your kingdom here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've just had an awesome time with these message, this message series, and I hope you have too. I want to invite you to just continue to tune in with us as we move forward. Join us in one of our services in our Waterloo or Jerseyville campus. Or if you're not prepared to come back yet, we would still want to connect with you and help you to walk out this journey of faith that you're on. In a minute, you're going to hear how you can reach out and connect with us very easily to do that. So for now, I just want to say God bless you. God loves you. And may the Holy Spirit continue to do everything that he wants to do in and through your life. In Jesus' name, amen.